You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host. Brian Custer. That's right. The Last Stand. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in sports and entertainment. And in the sport of boxing, the 147-pound division has always had some of the biggest names and best fighters. And joining us on the show today, a couple of years ago, was the top dog at 147 pounds. He's the former unified welterweight champion of the world. He's known as one time Keith Thurman joins us here on the last stand. Keith, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here guys. How are you doing today? Great to have you on one time. Uh, So let let me ask you this. First of all, you know, how are you doing? Uh, What's it like living in Florida, uh, trying to stay in shape, trying to stay safe, and being in a state where it seems as if COVID uh, has dwarfed other states and had more cases than other countries? Uh, It's hard, man. Um, I've heard falsified reports from certain hospitals. I've heard all sorts of mixed stories. Um, I stay close to the community, and I advise that for everybody. You know what I mean? What's happening over here, what's happening over there, what's happening in your township? How, how is it affecting your day-to-day, um, you know, 100%? Uh, we, got, we got masks 24-7 out here, you know. Um, that's, that's 2020 pro- protocol now. And, um, it, it, you know, it is what it is. It's fair. Um, I don't think it's the end-all, you know. Um, I feel like it's like wearing a seatbelt, you know what I mean? It's there for your safety. It makes uh, a lot of people feel, you know, you can be ticketed for not wearing a seatbelt. So they want to start ticketing people for not wearing masks. Um, it is what it is. Florida's hot. You know, it's great outdoor training, summertime, great outdoor training. Um, indoor, it's, uh, it's different. We can't, we can't get a lot of big groups. Um, gyms aren't at full capacity. Um, it's, uh, it's different, man. A lot of people had to customize their approach. Um, even myself, uh, just customizing how I go about things and uh, moving forward. You know, I, 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 like, I like to call you, Keith, uh, a renaissance-type brother because you're such an intelligent guy. You're well-read, read poetry. I mean, you, you know how to play like that piccolo thing. You got the you, you. I mean, you can do so many things. How does a guy like that get into the sport of boxing? Well, you got to understand, I got into boxing first, man. I got into boxing at the age of seven. Um, boxing has always been a passion of mine 
and growing up, I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to be able to fit in a box, you know, um, you know, I'm a brother, but I'm not your typical brother. Light skinned brother already makes you not your typical brother. Um, and so I was already used to being a little, a little different, you know, when you, when you're, when you're a mixed child, you got to try to find your place. And once when you realize you don't really fit in too many places, it's like, fine, I don't ever want to fit in, you know, I want to be, I want to be as eclectic as possible. Um, I want people to just, you know, I want people to look at me sideways, like for real, for real. And I had a pit bull and a chihuahua. I had a, 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 a Prius, I had a, a Prius and a, and a Shelby, Ford Shelby Mustang GT350, man. So, you know, uh, being different is just, it's just me, man. I like, I like it. I just like not fitting into a box, man. So once when I feel like I'm starting to box myself in with my personality, I got to do something crazy, man. You know, next thing might be shave all the hair or something. Go, oh my go God. Hey, go, that go, would be different. You know. Keith Thurman without the ponytail would be different. Yeah, it's been a hard time never letting go of the mustache. I don't, I don't like the naked upper lip, but I, I don't think that's changing anytime soon. <laughs> now, listen, uh, let's talk about you because I, I know you had the hand surgery after the Pacquiao fight. I think every boxing fan in the world wants to know, from a health perspective, how is Keith Thurman? Um, I've been testing myself. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what I'm, I'm still, I'm still just working into the big punches. You know, I don't, I just don't want to hurt myself. So I'm, I'm gaining, um, I'm gaining strength. I'm gaining confidence as I build into bigger punches, uh, little by little. I do believe that I will be full throttle, um, sooner than later. And, you know, I'm happy with that. My team's happy with that. Um, really the rest of my career is mission injury free. That's the whole mission from here on out, man. Um, you know, I'm not in my twenties no more. I put my body through a lot. I'm like a racehorse that's ran around the track many times, always trying to be in first place. Um, you know, it's just strenuous on the body. So I just got to wisen up. Um, I got to stretch, man, a lot of stretching, everything that you are supposed to do to prevent those injuries man when you neglect it when you say i'm good i'm good I, I can get through this i can push through this to a degree you can but what's the ultimate kickback man my body um i'm listening to my body now more and more you know if it says lay off this i'm gonna lay off it if it says you know recover a little bit more give yourself a little bit more time i'm doing it man um it's just being smarter from here on out you know i already know that i'm one of the best fighters in the welterweight division um, I, I still believe that I compete toe-to-toe -to -toe with everybody like I always have. Um, and as long as I get my health really back into shape and I get my body moving um, better than ever, you know, I see myself uh, reclaiming dominancy at 147. You know, that's my dream, just to compete here at the top of 147. Listen, we, we know that fighters are never really 100%, but if you had to put yourself using that scale – where would you say Keith Thurman, from a health perspective, is? What percentage are you uh, in relation to 100%? And is it the hand? Is it the elbow? Is it the shoulder? Wh which is the most nagging injury? Uh, the elbow's good. Uh, the hand, the hand is the only real issue right now. 
uh, as far as mentally. Uh, it was a big mental barrier in the Pacquiao fight. Um, you yourself should be able to kind of point out, like, where's the left hook, Keith? Where's the left hook, Keith? We've seen many left hooks. We didn't see it that day. And um, I just – I felt way too much uh, consequence of letting go punches on my end, uh, how I was going to feel uh, due to what happened to me in sparring uh, leading up to that competition. So, really, it's just a barrier, um, a mental barrier. You know, even if I can't throw the punch uh, 100% ever again, I just need to know what can I do. What can I do consistently so that I can perform and, and put pressure on my opponents and just know what I'm capable of doing so that I don't have to hold anything back. And, um, I mean, I feel 80% right now. I feel 80. So I just think that as we go along and as I get into my next camp, it's just going to be getting as close to as 100% as we can from there. That's all. Uh, so, you know, we've had a number of guys on the show from Errol Spence to Bud Crawford, and they've all kind of laid out um, – what they have next. So let me ask you the same question. What, who is next for Keith Thurman? If you can, can you lay out, let's say, your next couple of fights? Who are, who's next for Keith Thurman uh, this year, next year? What's next? Well, to be honest, I would like um, – it's up in the air on, on what is next next. The, that's up in the air because there's a spectrum of do we just get a W – um, you know, do we test the handout? Is is there a legitimate uh, match, like a title eliminator? Um, because that's what's really on my mind. If you understand boxing, you got to understand that I'm a former uh, champion of the world, and I have to put myself back in the position to be champion again. Now, easily, I can just be like, yo, Errol, let's fight. Errol, let's fight. And maybe after Danny, I can get that. But then I'm waiting I'm going to be waiting on his timeline, and, I'm, and we've already waited long enough. So I would like to get some work in before one of those kind of fights. Um, if it's a legitimate title eliminator, that would be a, uh, optimal because it would obviously – we'd all know why my up-and-coming fight next year would be um, a title match. Um, but outside of that, it's either a tune-up title eliminator title match or title eliminator title match or tune-up title match. Um, I want to be champion of the world again. I want to fight the fighters that I haven't fought. Uh, if those champions want to give me an opportunity, they know it's a phone call and a contract away. And um, that's all that I'm, I'm here waiting for. You, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Errol. And so I, I want to read you something. You know, you've called out Kell Brook. Uh, you've called out, obviously, Errol Spence, um, even Bud Crawford. Uh, and in fact, your, your quote was, uh, Errol Spence doesn't see me at 147. Uh, he's going to have to leave the division. Uh, you called out Bud Crawford. Crawford responded on social media, and I'm quoting him, um, quote, you don't know what you want to do because if a contract was sent to Keith Thurman, he would find a way out, so stop playing with my name, end quote. Uh, he says you're a guy who just cries wolf. Uh, Send the contract. Send the contract. Send the contract. Let me post it on IG and sign it live, baby. Sign it live. Let me, be, let me, let me get my first contracts live. I'll do my first signing live, baby. You know what I mean? Because they don't know me. Crawford called me out like that, saying that about me. You don't know me, man. You don't know what kind of contracts I've had in my face. I've never been presented with a contract with a real fight, man. You know, this, 
that's real petty at the end of the day. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we do this for a living. We do this for a living. We do this to put the food on the table. You know what I mean? There's people who fight in the streets for nothing. Over, over, over stepping on some Jordans, homie. You know, they, they fighting over nothing. We fight, we fight for the world. We fight for our fans. We fight for our family. We fight for our own personal pride. I've loved it. I've loved it from the day I was born, and I'm going to love it to the day that I die. I'm the one who said, I got to, oh, I'm not afraid to let it go. If you can beat me, beat me. Pack beat me. Can you beat me? Can you go toe-to-toe? Can you go blow for blow? I don't know. Send the contract. Come on, man. Don't get me started. I'll get hyped real quick, man. I love a good fight. It's what I live for. You think I want to wake up? I ain't no cherry picker. Go look at my resume. I ain't no cherry picker. You know what I mean? I don't just fight people in the rankings. You know, I try to fight the best in the world, baby. That's what I have done, and that's what I always do. That's what I've done before anybody knew who Keith Thurman ever was. We were going gym to gym. We were just going gym to gym. I was looking for my beatdowns. I be looking for my beatdowns. Where they at? Listen, that's why we love having you on because, as we say on the on the last stand, it is the straight, unfiltered talk here. Um, who do you want more, uh, Errol Spence or Bud Crawford? Hey, right now I want Crawford more, man. He he got under my skin, man. Errol, that's a timeline issue. You know, I know how the game works. We got the same manager. That's a timeline issue. Let's say, let's say. Um, just for a story sense, he's fighting in November. If I could get a fight in December, then early 2020, there should be no ducking Keith Thurman. We're almost on the same calendar. You see what I'm saying? But if I fight, you know, maybe if I fight in January, we can still work something out in the summertime of 2020. But that's a calendar issue. We got to we gotta kind of work close together to make that happen. This Crawford dude, send me a contract, bro. Tell tell. Tell ESPN, tell them boys to send some zeros my way. They know an appropriate, respectful number. You know what I'm saying? And then I sign on the dotted line, baby. Don't act like, don't act like I'm going to run from you. You know what I'm saying? You, you never weighed 147. You know, you never got respect in, at, in the game anyways at 147. You haven't pushed the buttons at 147. You ain't touched Sean Porter. You ain't touched Thurman. You ain't touched Garcia. You ain't touched Spence. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of fingers. I'm going to run out of fingers. I can name all my opponents you ain't touched. I'm going to run out of fingers, boy. Stop it. Stop it. Send the contract. Tell me when you want it. You want it before Christmas? I'll Merry Christmas. I'll take the check. I'll take the check. Merry Christmas. Uh, since 2015, you've fought five times. Uh, and we've talked about uh, the, the injuries you had. Fans keep asking, um, why is Keith Thurman always hurt? And is he dedicated to the sport? What's your response to that? I mean, I've been dedicated my whole life. You know, um, it's been a struggle. It's been very hard. Um, that's one thing I'm not, um, I'm not a big fan of being open to, but I've been, um, it's been easier now because I'm coming into a better um, place. In, in health, um, I got the right team behind me, and I do believe that we're going to kick some very strong uh, final years of my career. We're not going anywhere. Um, it's just been difficult. You know, this is boxing game is different than all other sports. Uh, we're not backed by these multi-billion dollar industries. Um, you kind of got to take care of yourself. Uh, I've neglected certain things in recovery. 
Uh, it just wasn't. It just wasn't easy, really. When this was when this was uh, recovering, I wanted it recovered qu on time. But I got in the gym and my, my hand was hurting, and I was like, "All right, let's just give it six weeks." And then it still was hurting. And then by the time I got to the right doctor and they said, Keith, you need hand surgery. I said, yo, doc, it's been too long. I need to make a check. So then I fought Jose Cito Lopez and then I fought Pacquiao. There's, I haven't been in, in, in great athletic condition, even though numerically I've been in my prime. Physically, my body hasn't been feeling um, at its primest. So um, it just is what it is. It, it's been tough. It's been tough on me. It's been hard on the fans. I've lost fans because of it. I had people that were riding my, my back. They were on the Thurman train. Woo, woo. They were on the Thurman train. And when I lost momentum and I'm just, they, hey, man, where's the next stop? Let me get off. Let me hop on the Garcia. Let me hop on the Spence. Let me hop on this Crawford. Let me go, let me go hop on these middleweights. Let me go hop on these heavyweights. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know, and I can't blame them, you know, um, a consumer wants a product. A consumer wants a product, you know. And the and what I what I give out, that's some high level entertainment. But once when you stop giving it out, it's like it's like a teaser. It's like I'm playing with them, you know. Um, I understand the fight fan. I'm a fighter, but I do understand the fight fan. So uh, you know, no disrespect to anybody that's ever turned against me or anybody who's ever. Um, just lost interest in me or anything, you know, at the end of the day, I know that once when they're tuning into a Thurman fight, they're getting some prime action, man, because I bring it. And that's what I love to do in the sport of boxing, challenge myself and challenge everybody who gets in the ring with me. So, uh, you know, basically uh, a year ago or a year or two ago, you got married. How, how did getting married uh, affect your boxing career? And did it affect your boxing career at all? Uh, you know, the only thing I can say is, you know, yes, I've spent time with my lovely wife, you know, um, and some of that time, uh, could have been in off season preparations, but if I'm being honest, I'm not an off season kind of brother, you know, um, I really never have been. A lot of people wonder if I stay in shape all year. The answer is no. The answer is I get up and I go. You know, I get up and I go, and I go like champs do. I go hard. Um, I was raised by a military man, and when he says, you know, jump, I got to say how high and how many times, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and um, I just know how to push myself. I know how to uh, lose weight within a matter of weeks. I have a half a pound a day formula, which means in 50 days I can lose 25 pounds. Um, know thyself. Um, I put, I've, I've stretched myself a little bit. Um, last year, I lost 35 pounds twice. Wow. Um, I don't think I'm the kind of athlete that should be losing 70 pounds in a year. Um, and that was neglect on my behalf. But I don't, I don't blame my wife. It just was – it's what happens, man. Champions get a little too comfortable. Um, we fight – I fought in so many injured scenarios. I can write a book about it, and it will be very entertaining. You know, I fought with stitches in my hand, barely ever talked about that. Polly wow. knows he saw again, against who? Diego Chavez, and I wow. stopped him. No need to talk about injuries when you're winning. No need to talk about injuries when you're winning. You know, um, it is what it is. You know, I had the I had the whiplash after uh, right before the Sean Porter fight, and made uh, I didn't get the right road work in on the Sean Porter fight. Um, I 
and that made the fight too close for me. If I got the right world work in, I think I could have gapped it and got a unanimous. Uh, well, I did get a unanimous, but a lot of fans saw it closer, and I think I could have made it unanimous amongst all the all the spectators. In, uh, in other words, I, I satisfied the judges, which satisfies me and gets my victory, but the fans were looking at it a little different. I think if I trained properly for that fight too, um, with a little bit of the extra road work, I could have I came out even more on top. Uh, but then the Danny fight, we had bone spurs, and I was able to flush that on top. The Pacquiao fight, we was one-handed almost, and I still almost found a way to turn a turnaround on that, you know. Um, I see myself, when you put me in the ring, I'm kind of like, um, you know, I'm going to find a way. I'm just going to find a way. I really work hard to find a way. Game plan, no game plan. Um, I'm just going to try to persevere uh, and get that victory, man. And uh, for the first time in my career last year, I fell short. But I gave it all that I could under uh, my conditions. And when you see a performance, you're seeing the preparation before that fight. And um, I know I could be more uh, betterly prepared. You know, that wasn't the best. 2019 was just not the best Keith Thurman we've ever seen. And um, I look forward to being better in some prime conditioning. And like I said, dominate the Walter Wade division. Uh, are, are we going to see any uh, little Keith Thurmans anytime soon? Um, we're planning that for 2020. We're still, we're still settling in here in America, uh, with my wife. She's been here for over a year now. Uh, but it's in the near future. I'm about to be 32 and getting her knocked up at third, for me at 32. Uh, that sounds about right. I always wanted to start having kids around the 32, 33 time. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be looking forward to that. That's little great. one times running around. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fantastic. How many more fights do you think you have in you at 147? Um, you know, three more years, easy, you know. Um, and I can really, to be honest, I can end my whole career here. Um, unless if opportunities present themselves, there's not going to be a lot to entice me to move up and wait. Um, I'm a diehard 147 boxing fan when it comes to the legend. the le All the legends who have led uh, and competed at welterweight, um, to begin and finish my career at 147, it'd be optimal. Um, so, so, so we'll see, man. I've never, I never really felt like I belonged in any other weight class. And when you don't belong, you shouldn't go there. Um, you, you, we've talked about it a little bit here. So uh, last year, uh, you have the Manny Pacquiao fight. First time, one time, uh, they're headlining pay-per-view. Uh, Manny uh, certainly uh, got talked about a lot because he was over 40, and he beats a, a young uh, champion in his prime. It was also the first time you had ever been down. So what was that like? No. That was no. it. You had been down before. No. It was the first time I was down televised. Oh. You got to go look, look through BoxRec. It's recorded in the notes. Look at BoxRec. Okay. That's all oh. I got to say. It's recorded in the notes. Somewhere in the 12th, 13th pro fight. Somewhere. What, what, Golden Boy Productions. What was that like, first of all, going down early? And now that you look back on the fight, put the hand aside, technically from a boxing standpoint, why do you think you came up short in the Pacquiao fight? Oh, well, obviously – 
the, the first round knockdown is everything. And that's just from the mathematics of the scorecards at the end of the fight. Uh, I lost a split decision with the last judge giving it to him by one point. So without the knockdown, that judge was leaning, would have had to um, looked at a draw, unless if somehow they came to a different conclusion. Actually, you know, actually with the two-point turnaround, without the knockdown, I win the fight. So that actually shows you how close the fight is, you know. Um, but uh, ironically enough, when you look at the box rec notes and when I was knocked down before, I was knocked down in the first round. I was knocked down in the opening punch of the fight. Um, so I've experienced, I've, I've experienced that, um, that loss of momentum. But there's a big difference between the knockdown that I've occurred early on in my career and the knockdown that Pacquiao gave me. And the difference is how devastating it was. So the knockdown that I had early on in my career, it was, it was a bad knockdown. Um, I got up. He hit me so hard on this side of my head that when I stood up, this eye was blurry. Okay? Mm, wow. And I had to tell myself, I told myself, you know, Oscar De La Hoya is sitting right over there and you didn't get on this undercard for him to see you on this mat right now. God gave you one good eye. Go out there and, and do the thing. You know what I mean? So I knocked him down in that round. I knocked him down in the second round, and I knocked him down in the third round, and then the fight was over. So four knockdowns in three rounds, that's what the fight looked like. And I was very angry. I was fighting on adrenaline the whole fight. And to be honest, that was the difference. In the Pacquiao fight, when the way I went down, I went down because the way I moved backwards in a, in, a, in a straight line and the way he propelled himself in a straight line. And then when he was able to connect, they're just, I mean, the momentum just fell backwards. Um, it wasn't the biggest shot, wasn't the most devastating shot, uh, most painful shot, didn't even really rattle my dome, reason being why I was able to get up with a smile. You know, I got up with a smile um, due to the irony of me being down in a round that I felt like I was winning. So uh, I stood up, and the only issue was I could get mad, but I wasn't mad, right? And we got 11 rounds to go. So sometimes it makes me wonder what would angry younger angry Keith Thurman do would he have ran into another knockdown trying to knock out Pacquiao which is a possibility or do I just get that get back off my anger and energy um I've been in too many 12 round fights I wasn't I wasn't emotional and I was going in for the long haul and I actually had a strategy to put on the the gas from the, from the deeper waters, which I started to do, but in the 10th, 11th, and 12th, I was supposed to go, I was supposed to go full throttle to, to turn the fight around. And this was a part of, of, of plan B. This was plan B all along, okay? And I was riding plan B in the fight until a little voice in my head said, you know, I, you, might got, you might have a draw right here, Keith. And the moment, you know, so many sports are psychological when it comes right. to golf, when it comes yeah. to baseball, basketball, just so many things can be psychological. And I tell myself in that 11th round, if I would have said you need the knockdown to win, even if I fall short, I might get the draw that I'm looking for. The moment I say you have the draw, 
and you fall short, you you lose victory. You're, you, there is no draw. It's now one-point Manny Pacquiao. And uh, that's how the fight ended up playing out. Um, so when I look at the first half and the second half, um, I could have I could have pushed for the get back early, um, or I could have just in those later rounds I could have just left it all on the table because you know if you're gonna lose you're gonna lose. Yeah. But yeah. I, a voice said a voice said you know you're the champ. It's kind of a draw. You've pushed you've pushed them back. You've done a lot. You know. I wasn't sure if I really did enough, you know, when three judges and they got to, they got to write it down. And once when they book it, they book it, man. Um, so I left it up to the judges, something that my coach told me never to do, Ben Getty. You know, I left it up to the judges, the biggest fight of my career. And um, it is what it is, man. Every, every words of wisdom, everything came into play. Um, Pacquiao came to fight 40 years old or not. Um, he was in shape. He was well conditioned. Um, he was in great shape for the whole year. Um, he was an active fighter. I knew watching the tape that I was going to be in with an active fighter. He looked good against Matisse. He looked conditioned against uh, Adrian Broner. And so I knew I was going to fight a legitimate Manny Pacquiao. And it just is what it is, man. I got to go toe-to-toe with him. Uh, I, was, I was trying to bait him into more of a fight. You know, um, he's, old, he's an old dog. He knows better. He's learned a lot from the game. He wised up. He used every bit of that wisdom. Um, they had a game plan. Once when they were up on numbers, they knew they didn't need to take risks. And he just didn't take the bait, man. The, the fight that I wanted to play out, I didn't get it. And um, I didn't do the right things that I needed to do to get the judges to click over into Thurman's favor. So mm. just a great, uh, just a too close, too close for my comfort. Cause it leaves a, a a bad feeling in the gut. Um, I want I want round 13, 14, and 15. Really, you know, I wanted them. You know, uh, but at the end of the day, it was um, it was amazing experience. It was a hell of a show, uh, once of a lifetime experience. Um, and I just look forward to doing it again, man. Whether it be with Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, I just want all the fans to come together, uh, cheer on their favorite fighters, and just Look forward to having some of the best fights at 147, man. It's Keith Thurman versus the world, baby. I'm right here. It's Thurman versus everybody. Just give me the contract for everybody. Can we do that? Can we just give me let's get let me just get one big contract with everybody? I love it. I love it, Keith. Uh so you you mentioned something that I thought was interesting because in your younger to mid-20s, uh even the late 20s man, you were taking guys out. It was one time, every time, one time, one punch, one time. Um, especially, I think it was, for me, I, I kind of noticed it after the this, the Jesus Soto-Corral's fight, I want to say Julio Diaz fight. Yeah, uh, we started Diaz. seeing yep. you, you, we started seeing one time different. A lot more movement, circular movement, a lot more boxing uh, than what we had saw in the past where a guy who just came out and just want, took guys out. Wait, you want, was that you want the information? Yeah, was that you the information? That, cha- that fighting style? That was all for Floyd. That was for Floyd. That was all for Floyd. When I fought um, Julio Diaz, right, my first headliner on Showtime Network, I couldn't, I couldn't train for Julio Diaz to fight Julio Diaz. I mentally told myself, you're fighting Floyd Mayweather. 
to, to make myself put in more effort in the training camp. And then I was just being prepared to be a 12-round fighter. Floyd was champion at the time. So I was preparing for those longer fights against skilled fighters, you know. Um, and, and I just knew that I could, I could piss people off with footwork they didn't know that I had. I did it to um, Bundu. Um, I, I, I schooled Garcia, let me do control the pace of the fight with my footwork. Um, you know, when I, when I had Sean Porter in the middle of the ring, I controlled him nicely. Um, and, and, in, and I just enjoyed upping my, upping my skills all around. Um, but yes, I lost a little bit of that killer. Um, and like my coach said, if you're not practicing it in the ring, it's going to be hard to perform. And, um, I wasn't putting the I wasn't putting the big punches on my sparring partners before the pack fight. I wasn't really trying to get them out of there, and um, I'm definitely taking that into consideration, man. I'm going to be loading up. I'm about to be doing some power drills, even if it's just 30 seconds at a time, you know, because that's all it takes is a, you catch somebody and then you just got to close out within 30 seconds. Because if you don't, you know, they're probably going to survive that round. So, you know, that I'm gonna. I learned a lot, man. I've I've come full circle. And when we see Keith Thurman again, you should see a blend from that killer and the boxer. You should see you should see all that I have to offer in the ring once when I get back. Uh, now, you mentioned two fights that uh, I wanted to talk about because they were really big fights, uh, both at the Barclays Center, uh, both put up record numbers. You, you beat Sean Porter, fight of the year candidate. You take on Danny Garcia, that broke attendance records. Um, both... Uh, by close margins, uh, which one, which fight was harder? Uh, which victory was more satisfying? The Danny fight was way more satisfying, man. Oh, man. You know, they both were quite satisfying for myself. Um, you know, and I'm a chuckle because it's a little ego-based, man. But it has to do with the amateurs, man. I'm, We've known each other since we were kids, and I never got to get a W over either one of them, man. So, you know, first time ever being in the ring, uh, professional fighters. We're not fighting for no trophy. We're not fighting for no national title. We're fighting for them. We're fighting for the millies. We fighting for the millies and the and the and the belts, baby. You know, um, it was great to get the W over both of them boys. Um, especially how much I respect them. That's why I would love to get in the ring with Crawford. All that I've seen him throughout the amateurs. Um, growing up with him, um, talking trash now, you know. I mean, look, we've all seen each other outside of the ring. I mean, I saw Danny Garcia. I saw him fight Saddam Ali, you know, um, many times, you know. I've uh, And Crawford, stuff like that. I saw um, uh, Sean Porter fight Danny Jacobs on several occasions, you know. And uh, for me, it was it was a a great experience to be in the ring with the two of them um, to showcase my skills and talent and let them know um, that I'm the dog out of everybody. I've been a dog since we was in the amateurs. I was dogging people. Everybody knew to look out for me. And I just wanted to let them know that you think you got the W, but you wouldn't, you didn't have it then and you don't have it today, you know? Um, uh, so it feels good, man. But Danny was an undefeated uh, champion of the world. I was trying to fight Sean Porter when he was in the same, um, scenario before he got the L to Kell Brook, but I was still happy to just be in the ring with him and put on such a uh, amazing fight, Showtime's uh, fight of the year that year. 
Uh, but Danny was definitely way more satisfying just because he had the he he had the reputation for being a big puncher like myself, um, un, undefeated record. Um, you know, he he beat uh, Robert the Ghost Guerrero like I beat Robert the Ghost Guerrero, and um, you know it was interesting, man. I I got I got to hold up both belts. I had to let him go because of injuries, but that that moment right there will never be lost, man. Brooklyn, right around the corner from Flatbush Avenue, baby. They already know, man. My fans from out there, they're they're one of a kind, man. They're true boxing fans. I love the city of New York. I love performing there each and every time, and I hope to perform there uh, again here soon. So we'll see. Which one was harder? Which fight? Uh, for me. The Porter fight um, for two reasons. One is his work rate. His work, you know, you're you're competing, right? Imagine somebody who keeps driving down to the hole, driving in, and he's not gonna start stop driving. LeBron James, he's not gonna stop. You're not gonna stop LeBron. You gotta deal with LeBron, and even if you can deal with LeBron, you you're struggling the whole time. It's a pain, you know. It's a it's so much effort, you know. Um, so that's what it's like fighting Sean Porter. It's not that, like you can, you might be able to deal with him. It's just a pain. Even if he's trying to, on the outside, he, he doing his herky, herky, jerky <laughs> movement. Got to watch, watch out for the head, but you know, you don't know what's about to come. Um, once when he's on the inside, he's not letting up. He'll smother you. He'll smother himself. Um, it's just not, it's not, it's not the, it's not the fight. It's not a typical it's not a typical fight that you can just put in a box, you know, besides the, the box I put it in is uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable box. That's the box I put it in. But Danny Garcia, he was mathematically just so much easier to handle, you know. Um, his numbers were not going to be there. And I just got done fighting somebody who, who produced a lot of numbers. So now it's like I'm subtracting. It's already going to make the fight easier for me from that perspective. Um, I remember his father saying that I didn't do anything certain rounds, and I know I threw more punches than his son. So if I did nothing, then you did negative nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really conscientious about you know if you throw ten punches and I throw five punches, can I really win the round? Did my five were my five punches that impressive that I can out that I can underwork you and outperform you? You know what I'm saying? That's hard to do. But that's what you have to do to Sean Porter because it's not going to be easy going toe-to-toe at his ratio. So you have to block a lot of that, block it, not give him credit. But then when you let go, you got to let what you do be more effective than the output that he has. Because if if, if you cannot be effective, even if he wasn't effective, he did so much that the judges just got to give it to him. They got to lean it onto his side so you have to score effectively against Sean Porter to in a in a calm cool way to to get those rounds Danny all I knew that I had to do was not make it easy for him to time me boom faint faint a little bit give him a one punch move give him two punches and move one punch move two punch move no more than three if I'm a touch and go three is maximum numbers why? Because when I saw him knock out Amir Khan, Amir Khan was trying to throw a four-punch combination. And he almost hit Danny with three of them, 
before getting knocked out. Mm. You don't, you don't, you don't sit there and hit Danny with four or five punches. You hit him with a two and go, two and go, bop, bop, move, bop, move, bop, bop, move. Go watch my fight. Go, you let me know if I ever threw more than three punches. I, if I threw that fourth punch, I must have known something in that moment that he wasn't gonna, that he wasn't gonna react. I, I had to know something that he was, that he was off balance. I would have had to know something because I, I told myself. I'm not going to be standing there. He's not. I'm going to boom, boom, and watch how many times I do this. One, two, whoop, left hook. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Right hand. Da, right. Da, da, left hook. You know, there was there was somebody who had a highlight video of how I made him, how I was doing my touch and go. And that's how I beat Danny Garcia, man. I just knew that um, if I touch and go, touch and go, touch and go, I'll have more numbers in him. And, you know, after the third round, I knew he was just trying to knock me out anyways, and it wasn't going to work. So, you're so intelligent. It is what it is. Your your, your fight IQ is so high. So yeah, I wanted that- I wanted to knock him out too. I wanted to knock him out too. But every time I loaded up, he would he, I'd miss. And every time he loaded up, he'd miss. And I told myself we're both too good to get hit with these loaded shots. So I stopped loading up, and I was the only one trying to win, and I got the W. Given that, Spence Garcia, who wins that fight and why? Oh, man, it's a tough one. You know, let's say Errol Spence right after the Sean Porter fight, I give Danny a 40% chance of winning, you know. I was, we were both commentating the same fight together. Um, and at the end of the day, as soon as the fight was over, Danny was happy. He was very happy. Um, he said, Errol got hit way too much by Sean. And he said, let me hit him, you know? And I've been hit, I've been hit on the arm by that boy hard enough to know you don't want it on the chin, okay? I know you don't want it on the chin. Talk about 140 pounders if you want to. You don't want it on the chin. So um, the only thing is Danny is a lot slower than Sean. Um, Danny doesn't move forward like Sean. Um, But Arrow can stay in the pocket. Um, I think they both have the ability to hurt one another. Um, I do think somebody is going to get at least dropped. Somebody somebody that we ain't seen. We ain't seen Danny be dropped. We ain't seen Arrow be dropped. Somebody's going to get dropped. Um, But Everyone's concerned with Errol Spence, you know, after his car accident. Everybody wants to know what kind of shape, conditioning, health is he really in, you know. Um, you know, not to paint a negative picture, but, you know, they know he was going out. He was drinking. People want to know, you know, um, where, where's his head game at? How mentally strong is he? How focused is he? And how well can he keep dominating the welterweight division? Uh, I wish him all the wealth, health, and success, you know, because, of course, we want to beat these fighters, but we want to beat them in their best condition, you know. We don't want excuses. Danny said, don't give me no excuse when I beat this boy Um, because he saw himself beating him with a knockout punch before the accident ever happened. Danny wanted the fight as soon as as he saw him be victorious and beat Sean Porter. So 
I know what that's like. I, as soon as Danny was welterweight champion of the world, I saw him at 147. I called up Al. I said, I want him. I said, whenever you're ready to give him to me, I want him. Because that's my belt now. That's my belt. He messed up. 147, you know, that's my belt. So, you know, I look forward to it. I love when somebody sees something. I want to know if they if he can execute it. And I give Danny more credit than I do Mikey Garcia. You know, Mikey said he got a lot of holes, but Mikey didn't do much but a sparring session in there. And I do believe Danny's going to be throwing some big left hooks, um, trying to make a statement against Errol Spence. Uh, who is your favorite fighter to watch fight right now? Who does one time turn on the TV and says, oh, man, my guy's fighting. I got to check him out. I just love watching him fight. Um, two different little lightweights. Um, um, the Japanese kid, Inoue. Mm -hmm. I saw him live in Japan, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I, saw, I actually saw him perform twice out there. And, uh, and he's got, I mean, he got some thump in the arena. He makes a thump, you know what I mean? For, for a, a small 119 or whatever I saw him compete at. I think he's trying to move up to 126. Um, he's got a lot of skills and ability. Um, they're just gonna have to be smart. You know, when you, when you got a lightweight, keep moving up. You don't want to move up too fast. Um, but the kid's got skills, man. His father was an intelligent boxer in his day. Um, so, so boxing's in their blood and, and then Lomachenko, man, who doesn't love those little angles um, from that dude hopping around the ring? You know, it's like a, it's like a more technical Pacquiao or something. It's, it's like an Olympian-style Pacquiao or something. It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting, man. It's very educational for a lot um, uh, fight fans and even elite fighters. You know, uh, a lot of us like seeing that kind of movement. Some of us, some of us like to do it in training. Not all of us do it in the ring. You know, he doesn't hesitate. And he works all those angles in the ring. It's fun to watch. Pound for pound. And then, and then last is my boy Deontay Wilder, man. You know, okay. last is my boy Deontay. So, you know, nice. it is what it is. Uh, who would you say pound for pound best fighter in the world right now? Uh, that's not my forte, man. Hmm. Uh, I let fight fans do the pound for pound stuff. Um, you know, I'm always just looking for some great fights. You know, like the Caleb Plant Benavides, baby. Yep. Whenever, whenever that happens, whenever that happens, real fight fans, that's, they, they heart thumping. They're going to be really happy with that. You know what I mean? Um, that's all I like, man. I just like some great matchups from, from time to time, you know, um, and then let the best man win. Uh, everyone who watches the show, we allow them to submit questions, and they do that on social media, whether it be from Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and so we got a number of questions for you, so we'll get right to these this first one comes from Richie on Facebook. He says, Keith, what's your reason for telling Spence not to duck you while he's at the top of the division, but when you were at the top, you didn't want to give him a shot? I didn't tell him not to duck me. That's, that's, a, that's a very big misconception. You know, I said that Errol Spence is in, a, in the powerful position now, okay? Um, I was once in the same powerful position. I know it's like to be an undefeated, unified champion of the world, okay? Um, you can argue that he's number one Walter Wake because that's where I was at that same time. Um, nobody else has the stats that he does. It's hard to really um, just go ahead and put Pacquiao above him. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, he's just in a strong position. What I was saying is, you know, 
there's no, there's certain levels. When you're all on the same level, okay, and another thing about a real duck, like I keep trying to explain to people, is when somebody gets really offered a fight and says no, you know, whether that just be a decision, it might be a, a decision because no, Sean Porter said no to Keith Thurman once upon a time. Did he duck me? You know, we could say duck me at that time if we want to, but he went and he fought me a year later. You know, it is what it is, man. I don't look at ducking in the same way that other people uh, might look at it. I need a legitimate contract in my hand. Um, I know I've never sent one to Errol Spence. I know I've never called out Heyman and personally said, Al, where's Spence at? Give me Errol Spence. What's the timeline look like? I've never made that phone call because if I had, we'd be talking about a contract um, because when I wanted Errol Spence or when I wanted Sean Porter, I got my answer. No. And then when the time came later, you still want Sean Porter? I said, yeah, you know, I want Sean Porter. They said, okay, we can get you Sean Porter. I said, make it happen. They said, what do you want next? I said, I want Danny Garcia. They said, well, Danny wants a tune up. I said, fine, let him get his tune up. But after that, it's me, baby. And that's what we made happen. You know what I mean? Um, it's not that hard to make things happen. Errol Spence, I've heard rumors that he's big and that he might move up. All I'm saying is if he wants to get out at 147, he can move up out of 147. I'm not going to chase Errol Spence at 154. I want Errol Spence at 147, okay? That's, that's, all, that's all I'm ever saying. And, and if he doesn't want the fight, he don't ever need to take the fight. That's on him and his career and what his, uh, what his people choose to do. There's other fights out there for me, but, you know, uh, the fan, everybody I talk to, they want to see the fight. I, I think, and in, in we got a number of questions about this. I think the, the, the second part of it was why, when you were unified champ, did you ever, why didn't you fight Errol Spence? Because that was the fight everybody wanted to see. And I, I remember that time we had him on Showtime and both of you guys were on the desk. It was the, why, when you're unified champ, why didn't you fight Errol? When I was unified champ, I didn't fight anybody. Go tell me when I defended my unified titles. I was not in a position. Do you know how, do you know how bad I wanted that fight? That was the fight. I'm unified champion. And then Errol, matter of fact, I think I was in Kathmandu when Errol Spence beat Kell Brook. Okay? So, you know, it would have been optimal, but I just had elbow surgery. And then when I was trying to come back, my hands didn't feel good. I'm not going to take the top people in such an injured scenario. I barely wanted to take the pack fight, but it was the pack fight. You know, come on. You know what I'm saying? Pac, you know, I can't wait for Pack and Pack might not call Keith Thurman's name out ever again. You know, Errol Spence can, he can have beef with me and yell at me for the next three years and we'll still be fighting at 34 years old. You know what I'm saying? It, it is what it is, you know, and, and, and that's just how it is for me. That's the way that I look at it. Um, I wanted that fight. It, it would have been the best time to do it if I was in physical uh, condition, but I never even got to have a title defense where I held on to my unif when, when I held on to my two belts. So um, 
that's what I mean by for the past several years, um, athletically, I've had some unfortunate events. And I've just had to work through them to the best of my ability. And outside of that, still try to give you the best fights that I can. Um, you know, in, in 2019, is, is Thurman versus Spence, would that have been better than the Thurman Pacquiao? Who knows? It's arguable. It's a nice argument. But like I said, Pacquiao's name isn't going to be floating around forever. You know, and the, these young guys, we can beef it out for a very long time. So I look forward to it. I don't want to end my career without seeing these, those boys in the ring. Uh, Ken from Facebook asks, uh, which fighter have you faced punches the hardest and who really hurt you? Hmm. Well, you know, the heavy hitters on my resume is Diego Chavez, Danny Garcia, and uh, Manny Pacquiao. So, Diego Chavez, he kind of busted me up. <laughs> he kind of busted me up the worst um, because he landed this left hook. What did he land? No, he, okay. He landed this straight right hand. He threw a left hook. I blocked it. But it was a left hook right hand instead of a right hand left hook for those who want to change up in, in their boxing combos. Left hook right hand over right hand left hook. I blocked the left hook, and as I look here, boom, I got hit with the right hand. Right down the pipe, right on the button here, and it got my nose leaking for the rest of the fight. Now, normally, a nose and didn't pop, you know, it ain't the end of the world. But 12 seconds after that fight, he hit me with a worse shot. He hit me with a, he hit me with a short left hook that clipped me on my temple. And I lost sensation on my big toe. I'm walking around and my big toe, does, I can't feel blood flow on my big toe. And I give him this poker face like he ain't hit me with nothing. So he's just looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, don't throw, don't throw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then about, about 15 seconds go by and I can feel the blood flow come back in my foot. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, you just missed your opportunity. I ain't giving you no more. He hit me with a jab later that round. It hurt so bad in the nose from the way he busted my nose. Go watch what happens in round five. I don't get touched no more. He hit me with a right hand. It hurt so bad. He hit me with a check left hook. Almost had me had me buzzing. Then he hit me with a jab, and I was in pain. I was like, Yo, I'm done with this stuff. I'm, I'm done with this fight. I'm, I'm about to go. I'm going to touch and go. I'm going to give him a headache from here on out. I'm going to show him boxing 101. And, you know, because going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, acting like, you know, we fighting over our ex-girlfriends and stuff, he good at that. He good at that, you know, but, uh, but that, he was, he was tough and he had a good punch. You know, Danny, I still think punched the hardest out of everybody. I just didn't let him connect. You know, um, like I said, he, he hit me in my shoulder and it was hard to raise my arm at the next two days after the fight. Wow. You know, it's like, it's like he frogged me with a big left hook in the shoulder. Um, I still think Danny, uh, 
is the biggest puncher. Pacquiao, I don't know what's in his fist, bro. I don't even know if they wrap them hands. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they wrap those hands. It felt like little little rocks, little little pebbles, like a, literally like a small mortar brick, a little brick. We're, we're gonna wrap. We'll wrap it up here soon. Uh, Roderick asks from Twitter. It seems like in the Coyazo, uh Josecito Lopez fight. The kryptonite for Keith Thurman is hitting him to the body. Well, Luis Colazzo just happened to land such a great body shot. And, I mean, let's just look at body – go look at body shots ending major fights. You know, De La Hoya, um, B-Hop, you know. Uh, the body shot is not an easy shot to take. Um, I've taken many, and I know how to take them. Uh, there's a lot of people who just they don't know how to take them and they're not able to take them um i don't like going down if i have an option and to me some body shots give you the option but the only problem is they hurt so bad that you can't you don't feel that functional so one way or another you're about to be on a knee or it hurts so bad you got to go down you're, there is no option you're you're you they you're folded over yourself they, they fold you into yourself, you know. Um, Luis Colazzo, I was beating him that round once again. Um, I have these moments where I guess I get overconfident because so much of the round is going my way, I forget that it can be turned around in an instinct. You know, uh, people forget that my name's one time for two reasons. I can be hit one time too, baby. It's a double-edged sword. It's the complete philosophy of what boxing is, what a, what a real boxing match is all about. It's all about that one time. You know, all of a sudden, I hit you and you're cut. And now you're – it might not even be the worst shot you've ever been hit with, but now blood is coming into your eyes. And, and how well can you focus now that I – it only takes one little thing to, to start changing the environment of a fight, you know, it can be one punch in the last 30 seconds of the last round. We, we've seen knockouts in the last final seconds of the last round, you know. Um, so that's what boxing's all about, man, one time. Um, you know, obviously, they're trying to hit me one good time to the body. Um, they try to do it many times. Um, Pacquiao got a good one in. He snuck one in out of nowhere in, like, the 10th round somewhere. And, um you know, it just is what it is, man. Um, I know how to handle it. Um, and it's an M effort, man. It's, it's not fun. Um, because I can hit you upside your head, just to give you a quick story. I can hit you upside your head with a baseball bat. You'll wake up tomorrow. Lift up your arms like this. I can hit you with a baseball bat in your ribs. You're going to be on the floor. You're going to go to the hospital, and you're going to be conscious through the whole agony of the pain and suffering. That's what a body shot does. If it's a devastating body shot, otherwise it just feels like somebody tried to try to hit you in the body. Either they tried to hit you with a body shot or they did hit you with a body shot. And you know the difference the moment it lands. That's all I got to say. One time we've come to the last segment of this show. We call it the last stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Yep. First thing that comes to your mind when I say Errol Spence Jr. Champion. Give me your top 
five right now welterweights in the world right now? Top five. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, Keith Thurman, and and then it's a and then it's a flipper. It's a flipper, um, but I'll just put Sean Porter there. Okay. Uh, are the one time, are those days gone? Um, no. I believe that there's going to be an opportunity for it to really come back. Um, there's a lot that I learned in the last fight, and great champions, they evolve. You know, um, they take their L's, they come back and they get W's, man. Um, Canelo is a great example of that. And I believe that I have all the potential to do the same thing. When you look back here on what you've accomplished, was your one of your biggest mistakes not facing Errol Spence when you were either champion or unified champ? Um, no, because, you know, getting the, getting the fight to fight um, – Danny Garcia and become the unified champ was the best move for me at that point in my career. And then, you know, um, I just was, I just was injured right after that. Um, even going into the fight, you know, like pre fight, I went into that fight and the Pacquiao fight, knowing that no matter how this fight goes after the fight, you go to the doctor and you get this surgery, you know what I mean? So, um, it just is what it is. There are some things that I wish I could have done, um, in my career, but worrying about Errol is not one of them. Lastly, finish this statement. Keith Thurman will be champion of the world once again, very soon. One time Keith Thurman, uh, former unified welterweight champion of the world. F Keith, I really appreciate it, man, for taking the time being with us. And, folks, that's what we do here on The Last End. We bring you the biggest names in sports, just like one time Keith Thurman. Make sure you check out The Last Stand. Uh, we bring you the biggest stars like Keith every week. We'll see you next week.